0: scarred up heart inside a raging storm the world is angered because Satan has declared a war I'll fight this battle Lord because you're worth fighting for I pledge my undying love to you you die Life,
1: grace has set me
0: free. So I'm honored to struggle, Lord, because even in my toughest battles, you're worth fighting
2: for. Hey, friends, this is Chapman Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries church on the road and we've got a program for you i know you're going to enjoy today we got a message by my pastor lee hicks and we would like to invite you to come join us sometime at, at trinity assembly of god church right here in Carmichael, illinois 1600 saunders avenue our morning service starts at 10 30 so you come join us and i know you're going to be blessed by today's message we got some music off our lonesome road volume 2 cd And I know you're going to enjoy this. If you'd like to get a copy of this message or some of our music, then we would love to send it to you. Give me a call at 618-383-2107. Log on to our website, lonesomeroad.org, or email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. Now, sit back, enjoy today's program, and then we ask you to do one thing, and that's pass it on. Share it with somebody. Help us spread the gospel to your family, friends, and neighbors.
0: It was by your stripes that I was healed For this mighty army you will build I'll fight this battle, Lord, cause you're worth fighting for my undying love Honored to struggle, Lord. Cause even in my toughest battles, you're worth fighting for.
2: is is worth fighting for. No one knows that any more than our, our good friend James Payne and we have a couple of his songs on our Lonesome Road Volume 2 CD. The first one we have on here is called The Night Jack Daniels Met John 316 and this song was number one not only on the Christian country charts, but also on the, some of the country charts back when it first came out. This is a crossover song, and James Payne, he always likes to say that he loves taking the cross over to the countryside of the charts. And this was a great song for him, and I know you're going to enjoy it. James Payne.
3: I remember the night The end of my road In a motel in Nashville Searching for hope In my hand was a Bible I read as a child But on the table was a bottle it was driving me wild I poured the whiskey Into the glass I prayed it would help me Forget my past Then I read how Jesus Died on that I poured out the whiskey and I fell down on my knees. And that night, old Jack Daniels met John 3 16. God's word broke the hold that he had over me. I traded to Tennessee. For Calvary's tree, that night old Jack Daniels met John three sixteen. Now, when I see those old friends. I used to know down at that old place where I used to go. They tell me I'm different than I used to be. Oh, and I love to tell them what happened to me. John 3:16. God's word broke the hope that He had over me. I traded Tennessee whiskey for Calvary's tree. That night, Old Jack Daniels met John 3:16. That night, Old Jack Daniels
2: met John 3:16. Now, here's James Payne's latest number one song, "The Flag."
3: George Washington carried me across the Delaware I was raised on Iwo Jima with bombs bursting in the air I was at the Alamo down in San Antonio It looked like I would fall that day But Texas kept fighting on I am the flag I'm the old red, white, and blue They call me old glory Cause I've been tried and true I stand for liberty I've been hated and I've been praised Though they burn me in the streets Oh, I will still be raised I am America I'm faded and I Flying high Cause I weathered every storm I will not die I was born to fly I am the flag I'm in the hands of every mother Whose loved one paid the price They drape me over heroes fought and gave their life. I'm waving over Arlington, that sacred field of stone. I'm the voice of the fallen that never made it home. I am the flag. I'm the old red, white, and blue. They call me old glory. I've been tried and true I stand for liberty I've been hated and I've been praised Though they burn me in the streets Oh, I will still be raised I am America I'm faded and I'm worn But I'm still flying high Cause I've weathered every storm I will not die I was born to fly I am the flag I stood beside Abe Lincoln That dead Gettysburg Four score seven years ago Greatest words I ever heard It seems somehow forgotten Here in the U.S. Bye.
2: friends. I know you enjoyed that, and James Payne is on Facebook, so look him up on Facebook or Twitter. He would love to hear from you. All right, friends, and now I want to introduce you to my pastor, Lee Hicks. Man, I tell you, we got a great church here in Carmine, Trinity Assembly of God Church, and I want to introduce my CD ministry family to my church family, because we're all going to get together September 28th 29 and 30 for our threefold cord conference right here in carmine illinois so we are going to bring these two families together just like that threefold cord we're going to strengthen each other as we work together to put a net across america reaching our family our friends and our neighbors here's my pastor lee hicks
1: chaplain gary would you come please and uh He has something he wants to share that I asked him to share with the church. Uh, Lonesome Road Ministries. And uh, it's happening, man. And uh, it's happening. And I saw a big stack of letters up here as I was praying. And see that you have more and more reports coming in. But he had a a message sent to him from somebody. And he's going to tell you real quick uh, what happened. I said, man, I want you to share that with the people. Because we want you to stay along for the journey. We don't want you to just... No, we're doing this, but we want you to know and hear and see, as we're telling you, this is, st- this is real life. This isn't some unreality reality show we're doing. This is real stuff, and it's reaching real people. So share with them this testimony, if you don't mind. Okay.
2: Yeah, no matter where you are, uh, we can be witnesses. We're all missionaries. This is Missionary Sunday. Each and every one of us are missionaries. And to our family, our friends, our neighbors, our acquaintances, whoever we come in contact with. we got CDs out there that will make you great missionaries if you'll just plan them in somebody's life. Me and my uh, partner, Daryl Spicer, was down in Madisonville, Kentucky, uh, last week. And um, we stopped at Cracker Barrel. We uh, ate a meal there, left a lady a tip and a CD. I got this email from her. Says, hi there, I work at Cracker Barrel in Madisonville, Kentucky. Two men I waited on gave me a CD from your organization and Channel 21's. I listened to it today. I'll be honest, I'm neither a trucker nor a Christian. I'm on on the road a lot, though, since my husband is in the military and I drive 13 hours every couple weeks to visit him at his base. Even though I don't have a lot in common with what was talked about, I seriously enjoyed the CD. The songs were uplifting. The things that were talked about made me think about my life and consider new perspectives on things. I think your ministry is doing good things for the world. I hope you keep it up. Thank you for giving me the chance to listen. I'll be keeping the CD for future drives. So... That, that, that lady's name is Athena, and I put her on your prayer list as you pray, because she's getting ready to be saved. She just don't know it yet, because I just mailed her a whole stack of CDs, as, and she's going to give her life to the Lord.
1: Thank you, Hallelujah. I tell you, man, somebody said to me one day, said, who listens to CDs anymore? I tell you, a lot of people do. And so don't underestimate the power of those CDs. Get you a few... Hand them out, listen to them, and then hand them on and pass them on. In fact, my sister, all the way from Clarksville, Tennessee, knew somebody from another state, a friend of hers that had seen somewhere on Facebook the connection between me and my sister and uh, chaplain, and uh, asked her about it, and how did I know about it, and so I explained it to her. And he has been using and listening to these CDs for a very long time. And so uh, I'm telling you, church, get it, use them. Uh, pass them out, hand them out, do whatever you have to do because you never know who's going to listen to it and have their lives changed for the kingdom of God. Aren't you glad you're a part of a kingdom-building ministry? We're not limited by Karmi, <laughs> We're not limited by Trinity Assembly of God. We're not limited by just the Assembly of God, even though that's who I'm ordained through. I love the Assemblies of God. But listen, we're one part of the whole body. And there's a lot of good things happening out there, even outside the assemblies of God or whatever fellowship or name is on the outside of the churches. We're one body. And when we get it and when we really understand it, we'll start getting on the agenda that God is on. God's agenda. You know, for years we've been asking him to get with our program and get, getting in line with us when really he's called us to get in line with him. He, he's calling us to get on his calendar and his agenda. I know we want to see signs and wonders, and trust me, I've seen them. I believe in them. I believe in all the gifts. I believe in 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 the the words of knowledge. I believe in healings and miraculous signs. We've seen it. We've experienced it. God has used us in those capacities. But the Bible says that the greatest miracle of all is when somebody is born again. That's the greatest miracle. Of all things, I know people want to see cancers removed. People want to see these grandstand miracles. I want to see souls saved. I want to see the kingdom of God populated. Hallelujah. I want this church standing room only with new believers packed in this room. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, we need all. Here's my prayer. My prayer has been, God, Lord, send us people that need you, but also send me... Send not me, but send us laborers of solid Christians, too. We need we need Christians that are, you know, in between churches or they're looking for a church. Listen, we need solid believers that will come, that will work in the ministry, that will help build the kingdom. You can't just have all non-believers. You got to have believers, too. And I'm also praying, Lord, that you would uh, fill our church with young children. We have a lot of you here on Wednesday night. You may come in the sanctuary and say, we have about 15 to 20 people. But if you go downstairs, you'll see all the, the kids that are here and all of our leaders. But, uh, and then on Tuesday nights, you'll see our student ministries, our youth. That um, just to be honest with you, we have worked for many, many years. And so we have done everything to try to get them here. But here's the problem. Their parents aren't saved and their parents don't care. And the parents aren't going to get them up on Sunday morning to make sure they're here at church, but they are coming on Tuesdays, and they are coming to other things that we do on Wednesday night, and so uh, we have them, and so we're praying, God, that you would not only, but that you would populate us with teenagers on Sunday morning, and uh, we've got 35, 40 students that come on a regular, very regular basis here on Tuesday nights, when I see them at high school, when I'm subbing, they always call me Pastor Lee and say, I'm their pastor, and I don't ever see them on Sunday, but they're here on Tuesday night. And they're here faithfully, and they come on Wednesday nights. So, Lord, pray that you will uh, just burden their hearts to want to be here on Sunday morning. But also, too, we need middle-aged folk. We need older folks. We need some white-headed folks. Are y'all here with me this morning? We need senior adults. We need young adults. We need the body of Christ to be here. Because that's what the church looks like. I'm also praying, Lord, whatever... And we don't have a lot of different ethnicities in White County, but we do have some. And so the question to me is, Lord, help Trinity, help tag attendees, whether you're a member here or not, to reach out to people that aren't like us and say, listen, I know a place where you'll feel very welcome. You'll feel welcome the time you walk in the doors of the church, that you'll feel like family when you leave. Amen. Amen. It doesn't matter where you come from. And so let's pray that God will. Just bring us to that place where we represent our community, our county, and whatever it looks like we want to look like. We want to look like heaven. Amen? Amen. Because trust me, when you get there, there's going to be more people other than Carminians and Grayvilleites and North Cityvilles and Philites. Are you all with me? There's a lot more going to be there than us. Thank God. Well, I didn't plan on... Even remotely finishing this message, but I am going to start it this morning. Uh, Being and making disciples. Last week, the message was being loyal. James chapter 1, being loyal in a divided world. Did anybody get at least one thing out of that message last week? Listen, if you didn't get to hear it, go to trinityag.us and under sermons, uh, you'll find it there. Being loyal... In a very divided world, the world and our worldly involvements allow for undivided loyalties. Even among us, you can have undivided loyalties on your job. You might like uh, one employee better than you do somebody else, or maybe, maybe you like one shift better than you do another, but you're loyal to the company. Maybe you have undivided loyalties when it comes to, uh, you know, your favorite uh, food, Place that you like to eat. Did you know that Americans on average eat out six times a week? And that's a lot of money being spent on food. And are people really loyal to one establishment over the other? Not really. There's divided loyalties. But in the kingdom of God, when it comes to God, when it comes to the kingdom, there, there is no room for divided loyalties. We're either in or we're out. And so we have to make up our mind. Am I going to be loyal even in a world that the longer I live in it, the more divided it becomes. And whether your ideas last week we talked about our faith and faith triumphs our feelings, our emotions, our our opinions, your faith triumphs, even your politics. It trumps your opinion. About social ideas. Our faith is built upon the word of God. And so the word of God is what we call our rule by which we live by. It's the standard by which we measure everything. And so even though I really don't like sometimes with the scriptures, uh, I'm admitting this. Y'all like everything your daddy ever said? Sometimes I don't like what my daddy Even my Abba Father said in His Word. But nonetheless, i got to preach what's black and white as being the truth. Come on, somebody. I may not like it because I know it's going to affect my popularity or my, my friendships with people and maybe my family members. Maybe we're divided. And it's always with those who are biblically illiterate. Those that are biblically illiterate are always those uh, that get their feathers ruffled uh, on issues uh, that they want to compromise on. Now, we live in a very divided world. The world's making changes. They're they're making the decisions on what um, is morally accepted and what's not. We're seeing big changes in morality because of what the world and even governments are passing laws to dictate To what and what not we are supposed to say or do. The question is, will we be loyal in a divided world? Even at the expense of your job. At the expense of your popularity. At the expense of some of your relationships. Now those of you that's been coming to church here for a long time and know me well enough. I do not browbeat people. I do not argue with people. I do not condemn people. And, and most of the time, you'll never find me confronting people about certain things. But when it comes to biblical standard, most people don't have to ask me where I stand because they already know. And they know that I love them and I'm going to love them. And to be honest with you, if I really look at biblical standard and I would say everybody in this room would say, and this is leading up to what I'm about to teach you. Listen, every one of us has some areas of our lives that, that don't line up with the measure. When we look in the mirror of the law, the Old Testament, we're guilty. But if we choose to accept grace and mercy that Jesus bought to the cross, then we can say, whoo, right? Because you may measure up today in the standard of holiness and perfection. But tomorrow, somebody might cut you off In car might pass you on the right side. Never been anywhere where people pass everybody on the right side of the road. You know how tempted I am just to edge my car just a little bit? So I can get a brand new car? Because did you know that it's really against the law to pass people on the right side of the road? Unless there is a lane for that? Not a curb? Now, they don't enforce this here. But if you get into an accident and you're the one passing on the right, you will be at fault. That's just an FYI. That's just coming from the city. I know what y'all do here in the country. I'm just telling you what they do in the city. So one day, one day I measure up. But the next day, man, I fail. But aren't you glad that his love covers a multitude? Everybody say multitude. A multitude of sins. He covers a multitude of sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nobody in this room is in any position to point a finger of condemnation at their neighbor. I want to talk about being and making disciples. Next week is Mother's Day, so I'll skip next week and I'll finish it out the next week. Because next week, next week ladies, we want to have a message that's designed around you. All right? <laughs> Y'all love me? John chapter 8, John chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus said to these people, he's preaching all day long, and the Pharisees are poking at him, the Pharisees are throwing things out at him, trying to trip him up, and he's trying to preach some truth, and Jesus says to the one out of the big crowd, there's a handful that says, we want to be your followers, Jesus. Forget what everybody else is saying, we want to follow you. Years ago, we did a study when Pastor David was here on Wednesday nights, and we was talking about rabbis and their students. Did you know that becoming a student of a rabbi is sort of like going through a Navy SEAL training? You start out with a class of 300 people. Well, by the time that that course is done, I don't know if you've ever watched any documentaries on becoming a Navy SEAL, but they start out with one, 200, 300 people. And before it's all over, they're only down to about 20 or 30 people that ever make it. And they officially become Navy SEALs. And they are part of a very small group. A very small group. Most of them ring out. Most of them quit the very first week of training. They're done. They're out. Over half. I mean, they eliminating people. But they wouldn't be a Navy SEAL. And some keep coming back and back until they finally make it. So it is with becoming a disciple. In the, in the, in the days of the rabbis, they would... Come and they would teach the Old Testament and they would teach the uh, Pentateuch, the Book of Moses, to the disciples, the new believers. And it would start out in a big group; everybody wanted to hear. But the the further and the more committed that the rabbi would take the believers, some would fall off. It wouldn't be that they fell off from their faith; they just didn't want to be as committed to the rabbi as some others. And before long, after months of teaching. This big crowd that was following the rabbi, now it's down to two or three that become the rabbi's disciple. And the question is this morning, how many of us have become disciples of Christ? You may say to yourself, I have. Don't say it too loud because, let me be honest with you, discipleship is more than just saying a prayer. It's more than just making a confession of faith or... Being a good church member and being involved and being saved and loving Jesus. The, the, it's, it's, I'm going deeper here. An interview was done with a man who was a pastor in Hawaii since 1971. And he had established over 2,300 churches, that's a lot. And when he was asked, when asked what his method of making disciples was or were. He shared that he's discovered that by following the following three primary commands given by Christ, that disciples were made. We have a class here that's recently started and we've used this class in the past. And what do they have like? What do you have like 13, 14 in this class right now? It's called Solid Foundation. And it's not just for new believers, although it is what a new believer needs to go through. But you could be saved 10 years, but really need to. Work on your foundation of your faith, and so every Sunday morning they meet, and the Camden here is teaching, doing a great job. I hear every week, and um, they're going through these studies, and, and it's just a, it's just a rebuilding or just taking time to reprioritize some things in our lives, going back to the basics. And I think oftentimes we try to do the big things without doing the basics, and because we fail to do the basics the big thing doesn't happen, and we blame everyone and everything except for ourselves. And it, it can be applied to just about anything in our lives, whatever we're doing, whatever we're trying to work on, the foundation has got to be built for a house to stand. If that foundation has a crack, and if it's not fixed, the house is eventually going to fall. So sometimes it's really good to take a step back. Now, you Maybe here this morning. say, "Man, what's this class about?" And every Sunday morning at nine fifteen, you still have time because it's a class that you can stay in, and wherever you jump in, start there and stick with it all the way until it comes around to this time that you started. it. That's why we have this class so that anybody can start at any time. And so he, this man that was interviewed, sounds like he has some experiences. Twenty three hundred churches, brother Born, that this man planted in Hawaii. Of all, I bet it's hard to make disciples in Hawaii. Everybody's always wanting to be out on a beach, right? Everybody's always wanting to do something else. But I hear that Hawaii has pretty tough places just like we have around here. So the first command that God gave that he uses, I'm going to share with you. Number one, love God. Now you say, well, that's a basic principle. I love God. We love God most of the time in principle. We love God most of the time in word. But we all fail in loving God in our actions at times. Not all the time. But I would say that we fail God in this loving God. If we could teach people to love God the way that he's asked of us, disciples will be made. Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 and 37. The Pharisees asked Jesus, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? He is being set up here by the Pharisees and they're trying to trick him. That would be the clergy, the pastors of the day. They didn't want Jesus around. He was kind of ruining their thing, you know, and he was exposing what was corrupt in the temple. And so Jesus is preaching About himself and about how God sent him and that he is the son of God and God is his father. And so they asked them a question. They they, they asked him the question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart. With all of your soul. And all of your mind. For this is the greatest commandment of all. What does he say? He says three things that we need to love God with. Number one, with all of our hearts. All of our hearts. Scripture says all of the abundance of life, all of the issues of life, everything that we deal with, they flow from the heart. So many times the heart is used symbolically in the scriptures uh, as a place where our emotions uh, begin. It says, don't let your heart fail you because the heart is wicked. The heart will lead you to do things that you thought you never would because you're going by your feelings. We hear all the time, let your heart lead you. What's your heart telling you? It's in your heart. I hurt you, Butch Jones. I hurt you, brother. Do we see that all the time with the love hearts, emojis, hearts? I send them to my wife every day. I'm telling you, I know all about them. I heart this woman with all of my heart. But God said the first commandment is that you love God with all of your emotions, with all of your issues, with all of your love, with all that's within you, because the heart represents the center of man. He says everything that you have and desire want like I want. If you're going to be my disciple. You're going to have to love me with all your heart. And you can't be divided in your loyalties. You can't love everything else and love me at the same time. Now, he's not talking about natural love. And you've heard it over and over and over. There are many Greek words for the word love. And in what? Uh. Tense of the love. Love meaning agape, the love that God has for us. Agape love without strings attached. Then there's familia love. We love our family. We love each other. We have, There's a koinonia love. How many of ever heard of that? Koinonia? What does that mean? Friendship. There's a friendship that men, you know, men have. A, we have this man code. The, the way we hug, the way we shake hands. Dude, there are so many codes that dudes say, you women think you have codes. We got some codes. Ladies' codes are all sitting around, and one lady says, oh, I got to go freshen up. All other women sitting at the table, oh, me too, we got to go too. First of all, men don't freshen up. When we say, excuse me, I got to go to the bathroom, that's the key to say, y'all stay here, I'll be back, and when I get back, y'all can go then. I've been told in the ladies' bathrooms, y'all can have a chit-chat talk all day long, y'all be talking about everything. Men's bathroom, we do not talk. Standing at the urinal one day, this guy leans over. He says, how you doing? I'm like, I leaned real close for Father know, I said, man, I'm doing fine, but please, man, I'll talk to you outside of the bathroom. I'm like, what you doing, man? And then, you know, I'm watching him real carefully, make sure he's washing his hands before he leaves out there, too. We got code. Y'all think y'all got code. So there's this koinonia love, even dude tab, man. I love my brother Phil. I? I love you, brother. I know you love me. You got my back. I love, my, I love all you guys. I love you, but that's it. I had this guy one time, I swear to you, one time in, in Tennessee where I used to her, I had the shirt I wore once in a while. It was velvety. I liked it. And it was real smooth and stuff. But he always liked to rub my shirt when I had it on. It's like, this dude is weird. He'd come up one day, he was rubbing all on me. he say, but I just love your shirt. I said, yeah, you loving it? Just a little too much for me. <laughs> I said, Jamie. He said, what? I said, get your hands off me, brother. Had another friend, man, we'd be driving. He was very uh, touchy-feely kind of guy, but he wasn't that way. He's just normal, and we'd be driving, and he'd put his hand on my leg. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I said, I know we've been knowing each other, like, our whole life. But, bro, you put your hand on my leg one more time, ain't nobody going to be knowing you any longer. <laughs> I was sitting on a platform one time at a revival. Honest to God the truth, my wife will tell you, this is a true story right here. Guest evangelist come in. He's all, you know, coming in, all preachy, preachy. And his son shows up. He's a singer. You know them singers? They all get, you know, singers. And he plays some instruments. So, you know, they divas anyways. They walk around like they own the church. So he come up and sit next to me. And I used to wear real colorful socks. I used to like socks that had all different, you know, kind of like my shirts I wear sometimes. So I had my leg kind of pulled right here. And he leaned over and pulled my pants leg up. He said, oh, I love them socks. He was, I said, whoa. <laughs> so. He said, what? Don't touch my leg. <laughs> so we're hospitable around here, but we don't have that much hospitality. There's koinonia love that we have, dudes, don't we? It's a bro love, but it ain't that kind of love. That's it. That's it. That's right. <laughs> so, amen. But the love that God is talking about that he's expecting out of us, is loyalty. It's neither male nor female. It's neutral, and he demands it from every believer that if you're going to follow him, that your heart's desire is to love God with all your heart. God, I love you. I know I don't show it. I know I don't act it. But just like King David, the greatest king of Israel, he did all these great things for God. He loved God. But you heard his prayer. He said to the Father, he said, renew in me a right spirit. Take from within me this broken spirit and renew me that I might have the right spirit before you. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. That's how much he loved God. Loving God doesn't mean that you're not going to make mistakes. God, you're human. But loving God means that you return to him daily and say, God, I know I have failed you today, but I love you too much to keep making the same mistake. Amen. He said you're to love him with all your soul. That means we're not going to serve any other gods. We're not going to love God and Buddha. When we had Ling Ming that lived with us, you remember our Chinese boy that lived with us for many years and, and he came to my house and I said, there's a couple of rules that we have for our house and so you can live with us, eat our food, sleep in our bed. You can just stay here all you want. But number one, on Sunday, when we go to church, you go to church with us. We're not going to make you become a Christian, but you have to go to church with us. Because I don't want anybody to be a Christian and because I hijacked their faith. I want them coming to Jesus because they were convicted and they fell in love with Jesus that died on the cross for them. Amen? So we said, you can't, you got to go to church with us. And the second thing is, I cannot allow you to put up idols in our house. In your bedroom, you know, we cannot allow you to put up Buddhas or anything like that and put candles, and burn incense, so those are the two things, and I'll never forget one Christmas when we bought him gifts, he, he hid them, and he went in the bedroom, and we said, where's your gifts, we open them up as a family, he said, no, in China, when you get a gift, you hide it, we said, why, because spirits come, and take it, I said, oh, don't you worry about that, there ain't no spirits like that up in this house, come on church, amen, <laughs> so, uh, God bless him, and he, and by the way, update, he became a U.S. citizen on his own. He did that. So basically, in, here almost in closing, listen, your soul, we're not committed to any other God. We serve Jesus Christ with God himself. We're saved by grace and grace alone. It's Jesus. That's it. It's not Jesus and others. It's not, well, I can be a, uh, I can be a Hindu and follow Jesus too. And mix the two. No you can't. How many has ever seen the bumper sticker that says. Coexists and it has like four religions. I'm not talking about Christian denominations. I'm talking about like uh, Islam. Judaism. Christianity. And all the other ones all put together. That is. I'll answer the question. No we cannot coexist. Why? Because faith trumps. Dead. Dark, worthless religions. And it's not religion. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of Almighty God this morning. And finally, this is as far as we're going to get today, but listen. He expects us to love him with all of our minds. All of our minds. That this mind, the scripture says, be in you. That the mind of Christ be in you. What we think comes out our mouth. And be honest with you, sometimes I'm pretty embarrassed about what comes out of my own mouth sometimes. The scripture says, whatever is pure, whatever is just, whatever is virtue, whatever is of a good report, whatever is uh, is uplifting, think on these things. I remember my sister, my oldest sister... Some of you have met her, Lynn, and she used to run with this friend named Tammy Gaylord. And uh, they used to lock me and my friend up in bedroom when they babysitted us. They were very abusive to us. And because they didn't want to watch us, they put us in the bedroom and locked the door. Man, I would already drop some on these two girls. I'm surprised I'm even married. I I probably should have become a woman hater after all these years. But I'll never forget these girls. uh, When they would say something negative, my mom would make them say that verse that I just told you. They know it by heart. And now they're good people. I like them. I like them. They all right. Even though they'd be lying when they say they didn't do what I just told you. That's a lie. They did. They did do that. And my friend who was... Locked up, too. (laughs) He just retired as a colonel major out of the Air Force. You know what I'm saying? I hung out with some some forward people, man. They'd be locking him up. I bet they won't lock him up now. (laughs) And now he's a supervisor by Pensacola, Florida over a military weapons facility. He is the person that oversees it. So I'm like, yeah, you come lock him up now. In fact, try to lock me up. I'll be calling my friend and he'll be getting some weapons to come on down here. So we had a lot of good times. But that scripture reminds me of those days, good days. That my mom, every time you say something stupid, she make you say that verse. And after a while, you just start saying it. But it's more than just saying it. We know a lot of verses in the church. I bet a lot of y'all know a lot of verses. But is it? Is it here? Is it in your heart? Is it coming out of you? Because life and death, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Now, I'm not one to be an ultra name it, claim it, blab it, grab it type person. You know, those kind of things. But I do believe some say, well, they're just ultra faith. They just always faith. Well, you're either a faith or a doubter. What's wrong with being Alter faith. Some people call it hyper faith. People that are always just talking positive. Would you rather be around people that always talk positive or people that are always talking negative? I can tell usually what kind of people all of us hang around the most. Why? Because the way we are. If we're really, really negative all the time, we need to choose maybe different people to hang around. I know some of you can't help it because you work. Next to the devil. On your job. So you've got to guard yourself. Church, you've got to guard yourself. you got to put some filters. Because some of your situations you can't change. That's why you got to spend more time in prayer. You've got to spend more time in the word. So that when those, those, those bombs come at you of negativity, your spirit and your heart and your mind is so filled with the word that it will counteract everything that the enemy throws you. Because the promise is, the Bible says, that when you put on the full armor of God at the shield of faith, uh, will block every fiery dart of the wicked one. But when you walk walking around naked as a jaybird, jay spiritually, wondering why you defeat it, better get your clothes on. Call the armor of God. Found in Ephesians chapter 6. For those that may not know what I'm talking about. Ephesians chapter 6. Read it. Put on the full armor. God. And I'm guilty as every one of you in this room. By not putting it on every single day. You think you put it on every day? And that's one time. How many soldiers do you know sleep in armor? Man, I do well enough. I got this stupid sleep machine I've been using. How many of y'all got one of those? All right. There's five of us that can't sleep. All right. The rest of y'all probably need to go get one. You'd be in a better mood if you do. My mom been trying to get me to have one of these for years, and now I got one. I'm in a better mood now. I don't know what's going on. I guess I'm sleeping better. Got this thing in my nose. I got this hose wrapped around me. My wife can't even lean up. I, she, I felt it the other night, Reach out, put her arm around, and she did she was repulsed. No, actually, it feels like a snake all around me. But but it, but, it's, but it's important to have, if you have sleep apnea, it's saving your life. So why are you walking around without armor that's going to save your personal spiritual life? So I just want you to think about it as we're talking about being disciples and making disciples. How am I ever going to make a disciple until I first become a disciple? So praise God. Hallelujah. I hope you're being challenged the last couple weeks. Lord's just laying this on me. I say, you sure, Lord, you sure they're going to receive it? Y'all keep on coming back and bring some. Would you stand to your feet this morning? I'm going to pray for you right now. We're going to pray for your week. Just pray that God will bless you and everything that you do. Father, in Jesus name, forgive each one of us for not being the disciples that you've called us to be. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy that keeps us and that you love us and that this morning we're hearing your word, we're hearing your truth. We ask that you give us joy and bless each one. Bless us financially, spiritually, socially. Be with us on our jobs, our family, wherever we might be. Let us be a witness for you. Let us be a light in darkness. In Jesus' name and everybody said.
2: You know... I was coming across Arkansas just a while ago. I'd been out west for a week or so. I just came through Little Rock and I was making real good time. I came up on the back of this Dallas, Memphis mail truck. Apparently the driver saw the cross in my grill. He picked up his mic and he said, well, pass the plate and pay the lady. You know, it just run all over me. I could feel the hair raise up on the back of my neck. I picked up my microphone and I said, driver, I think it's a dirty, rotten shame that you compare what Jesus Christ did on the cross for what somebody else might have done. The radio was kind of quiet, but God was keeping a clear channel. In a couple minutes, he came back to me. He said, preacher, is it real? I said, yes, driver, it's real. But I still didn't want to talk to him. I was kind of upset with him about the way he talked about the cross and what Christ had done for me. A couple minutes went by and he came back again. He said, preacher, how do you know it's real? I said, driver, I used to leave home with a fifth of vodka sitting between my legs, a bottle of Speed upon the dash, two cartons of cigarettes to make sure I didn't run out from truck stop to truck stop. Wasn't hardly anything I wouldn't do or say. But you know, when Jesus Christ came into my life, I never needed none of that no more. Couple minutes went by, he said, Preacher, Would you pull over and pray with me? I want to be saved. I said, yes, driver, I will. You got to pray from your heart and not your head. You got to mean what you say. I met him at the back of my truck and we began to pray. I know my brother accepted Jesus that day and before too long we were back in our trucks and on the road again. I went back to him on the microphone and I said, driver, how do you feel? He said, with every mile that I drive, I feel that much better. I said, driver, if I never see you on this earth again, I will see you in heaven. God bless you in Jesus name. Amen. Well, friends, well drivers, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If you're not sure, if you don't know Jesus, then pray with me right now. It's that simple. All you got to do is pray a prayer from your heart, and it can be as simple as this. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Lord, I want to be a Christian. Come into my heart. Lord, change me from the inside out, and I will live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Now, friends, if you prayed that prayer, then give us a call right now at 618-383-2107. We want to pray for you. We want to send you more copies of CDs just like you heard today that will help you become the Christian person that God has called you to be. Now, here's a song off of Lonesome Road, Volume 2 CD by Joe Arview called Better Place, And as you listen to this song, call somebody and tell somebody what you just did, that you prayed and asked Jesus into your heart.
4: I was driving down that 18 bottoms road with a pounding in my head from 18 wheels on the road. With a hard day behind, I look ahead Through the windshield of my truck That keeps my family fed Well, I caught myself for praying And wiping away my tears Thinking about a better place and time Where I found Jesus and He took away my fears I guess that's why I'm not afraid to die Take me to a better place Take me to a better time I'm tired of this hard living I'm still too young to die If I could drive across this valley And never see another day But I tell you, Jesus That'd be okay But I'll tell you, Jesus that it'd be okay I'd love to see my family and home Watch my baby girl outside the play But life on the road is all I know God knows I still dream of a better day Take me to a better place Take me to a better time. I'm tired of this hard living I'm Still too young to die If I could drive across this valley And never see another day I tell you, Jesus That it'd be okay When I tell you, Jesus that it'd be okay But I know there's still some things I gotta do And I'm gonna be right here until I'm through And God'll take me by the hand and get it done And I'll go on home when my time is gone And i will take me to a better place Take me to a better time Tired of this hard living, still too young to die. If I could drive across this valley and never see another day, I tell you, Jesus, that it'd be okay. But I tell you, Jesus, that it'd be okay. But I tell you, Jesus, I guess I'm gonna stay.
2: friends, we hope you've enjoyed our program today. And if you did, we want to hear from you. Log on to our website, lonesomeroad.org. Give us a call 618-383-2107 or email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. Now here's a song by Dennis McKay off of our Lonesome Road Volume 1 CD called Taking Me Home to Close Today's Program.
5: sad old song when you whopper singing along